Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Hackers and HackZen podcast. You're about to join Erica, Jax, and John for an inclusive cybersecurity conversation designed to educate and break the stereotypes of cybersecurity professionals while providing life hacks on how to handle burnout, networking, and goal setting. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. In the world of cybersecurity, we continue to hear about a trending topic that becomes extremely important, cybersecurity insurance. But what really is it and how can you be approved to receive it? Well, today, our special guest is someone who can help to provide some insight into some of these questions. Uh, Judy Selby is a cyber insurance guru with over 30 years in the insurance space. She's a partner at a global law firm and has a degree from Brooklyn Law. She's also completed courses and certificates from both Harvard and MIT. We are thrilled to have her on the show today and really looking forward to diving into this conversation. Judy, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is my favorite to talk about. So I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, we are so excited. So Judy, can you take a few minutes to please share just how you became involved in cyber insurance? How did your career path take you there? Well, I've been practicing law for about 30 years. Next year will be 30 years. And uh, I was I always focused in the insurance area, doing all different types of insurance. And then I would say about uh, 12 years ago or so, as uh, privacy laws and regulations, particularly uh, breach notification laws in the US came into being. And, and as we shifted from paper documents to you know ESI, we used to call it back then, electronically stored information. Uh, and it was this confluence of, of issues were starting to arise and people became much more interested in cyber insurance. You know, uh, I consider cyber and privacy risks very much like any other type of enterprise risk, manage, risk management issue. And so you do your best to control the risk you can control and then look to transfer other risks through insurance. And uh, just like you do with anything else. The only issue with cyber insurance is that it's relatively new in the grand scheme of things. People don't understand it well. Um, which I suspect is why you wanted me to uh, speak with you about it today. <laughs> and uh, so I do a lot of what I call evangelizing about this issue because I feel very strongly that uh, 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 the, the right cyber insurance policy for really any company of any size can be a tremendous asset. So it's just helping companies understand how do you get that right policy how do you keep that right policy? And then how do you access the, the coverage under it? Um, where, you know, the devil's in the details around that. Judy, oh my gosh, I love your background and so thrilled to have you on the show. Uh, so 
one quick question and then I have another follow on for it because I did some research before uh, us connecting today and I started researching when did cyber insurance uh, become a thing like I and I couldn't find I couldn't find any clear timelines I is showing 1990s the early 2000s but for you when did cyber insurance actually hit the I guess you could say hit the market and start becoming a thing that we could start purchasing yeah, the, the time frame that you referenced is, I think, pretty accurate. Uh, but it didn't it didn't get to be kind of this might be an overstatement, mainstream, at least at least talked about more more commonly till about maybe ten years ago or so. Uh, so it's uh, you know it's it's relative in the grand scheme of insurance products. You know, you go back to old marine products, property, general liability, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It's 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 really in its nascent stages, mm -hmm. and that's one of the that's one of the issues from the insurance company side. Um, it, you know, there there's there's not great data to mm -hmm. help the carriers figure out you know how to how to write the policies. And the thing that's different about cyber, and I don't need to tell you or your listeners this, I'm sure. Is that the the risks and, and the threats keep changing? So it's very uh, as opposed to certain other lines of coverage where it could be a little bit more static. This area is very dynamic, and uh, so it's uh, it, it creates a lot of challenges, but a lot of great opportunities. Yeah, and you talked already on a couple of shifts that you're seeing, especially with the threatscape. It's ever-changing. It's ever-growing. It's borderless. And knowing that the time frame of cyber insurance, you know, it could be in the 90s, but really within the last 10 years. So what have you seen as the big shifts in the last 10 years, specifically for cyber insurance? And where do you see us going? Yeah, the, the last uh, year or so, maybe a little bit more than a year, have been, we've seen like tremendous changes in the cyber market, uh, the cyber insurance market. When the, I would say going back, you know, 10, 12 years uh, prior to the past maybe 18 months or so, the cyber insurance market was considered soft. That's kind of, um, you know, a a, a term of art in the insurance world, meaning that um, it's better. It's more of a buyer's market. Uh, it's uh, the insurers were offering very, very broad coverage. The prices were down, and it was relatively easy to procure the coverage. Um, uh, the insurers were making, but the but the insurers were still making money issuing the policies. Um, and so you've probably seen. You know, I'm always writing articles about cyber insurance, and I was you know, maybe five years ago, four years ago, I was always putting out articles about new types of coverage that the insurers were adding onto their policies, you know, just bringing more and more coverages, very, very broad coverages to the marketplace. And it was a competitive market for the insurers. Uh, over the past several months, driven by, primarily by ransomware, things have changed dramatically. We're now in what we would call a hard market, meaning the it's more expensive, the underwriting scrutiny is a lot more intense. The prices are up. Uh, insurers are using other ways of kind of controlling the risks that they're taking on through uh, higher deductibles, lower limits, co-insurance, um, much stricter underwriting. Uh, 
but they're still offering the coverage that that's you know that's for sure i personally believe is very important for businesses around the world that the cyber insurance market continue to grow and thrive uh, because we need it and so the insurers just started getting hit with a lot of claims primarily driven by ransomware and the ransomware actors have become much more sophisticated so instead of them being in your system for five minutes and encrypting and then demanding two Bitcoin, what we're finding, and, and you guys know this, they're, they're in your system. They could be in there for a long time. God only knows what they're doing. Um, and, then, and then they eventually encrypt. So they're, they're much more sophisticated. They're, uh, they're, it's much harder to remediate. And uh, perhaps most insidiously, the, the ransomware is combined with other incidents particularly a data breach, uh, shaming shaming your customers or uh, whoever they're taking the data, you know, whoever that data relates to that they extract from your company, uh, shaming those people or threatening to shame them. Um, if you're too slow to negotiate, you, you might get hit with a DDoS attack at the same time. And, and the ransom demands themselves are going up. So the broad coverage that the carriers provide, typically provide, and I always have to say typically because there's no standard form, all the policies are different, which makes it a little bit more challenging for the insureds uh, and really require you to read every word. And if you're not a geek like me, that's not going to be fun for you. But, but um, the, cover, the broad coverage really comes into play in terms of investigating, remediating, data restoration, uh, uh, notification if you do have a breach, um, and then dealing with any lawsuits if you do have a breach or uh, you know uh, something bad happens and you're getting sued by third parties, regulators, or you know a worst case scenario, at least in my opinion, a business interruption loss where you you just can't function and you're not making any money, and so. Um, the, the types of ransomware incidents that we've been seeing lately can trigger various parts of, of an insurance policy and leading to really big claims, really big expenses. And that's what, what has caused this kind of shift to what we call the hard market now. Judy, that is so insightful. So much information there that you just unpacked. Um, I love how you really tied this back to not only from the very beginning, from a risk management perspective of the risk transfer piece, then bringing it into the shifts that you've seen throughout the past, you know, few decades, and then tying it back to today's market of this hard market that you're talking about and bringing in the ransomware attacks. I mean, bringing in the state of the business that we're in, the state of the world that we're in today, honestly, is a very different world that when you first started this. So Everything that you're saying is resonating and I'm and I'm saying, yes, yes, yes. I know those sleeper agents that you're talking about that are sitting in waiting for six months, just waiting for the right moment. And I can imagine that with these higher claims, with all of this, um, you know, ever changing environment that that your organization and any type of uh, players in this space are having to do an extremely a deep amount of due diligence. So I'm really curious if this has impacted the due diligence process at all when it comes to the types of information that you require from a customer before, you know, when they're coming to you very first step and saying, hey, Judy, I need coverage. Um, 
you know, here's what I have. Here's my situation. I was involved in a breach X amount of time. Here's the information on that. I want to kind of dig into what is that due diligence process? Is there anything that you can share there to shed some light onto how this hard market has impacted that? So the process you're talking about in the insurance, in insurance lingo, the due diligence process is really the underwriting process. And that's how the carrier will look at a prospective insured or even a current insured who's looking, you know, that's that's looking to renew their insurance policy. And one thing I've been harping on for a long time, uh, for years, which remains true today, is that if you look at um, an application for a cyber insurance policy, it's really a very good roadmap for a great information governance program that a company should have. It will ask you, you know, what kind of information do you have? And, and in some detail about that, how much do you have? Where do you keep it? Who do you hire? Who, do you, who have you hired? Who works for your business? Do you have a CISO, a chief privacy officer? Um, do you have good processes around hiring employees, firing employees? Um, have you had incidents in the past? And then they'll ask more and more questions now about your controls. What controls do you have in place? Multi-factor, encryption, et cetera, et cetera. And now they're drilling down deeper in, around ransomware uh, type of issues, you know, because everybody's learning as we're going along. We're learning, learning, learning as we're going along. And um, and so it's it's really, really key now in this hard market for companies to really, you know, for lack of a better term, get their data house in order uh, and start the process early before you start working with your broker to either get get a new policy or to renew an existing policy. The process is going to take longer. You're going to get a harder look and you really want to put your best foot forward. Rates, you know, the premiums are going up. They'll probably go up anyway, but, but the, the, the more attractive a risk you are to the insurer, the better the coverages you will have offered to you and the better the premiums you will have offered to you. And so, um, you know, and another, another thing that's not well known in the industry, and I don't know why it's not well known, uh, but many insurers offer their insureds proactive services to improve your 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 information security and your privacy posture, um, either through pre-negotiated rates with selected vendors, experts in that area, or with um, uh, uh, even free uh, services for their insurers, maybe to meet with um, an incident response attorney or meet with a company that will, you know, in advance before you even have an incident, you know, meet with, do a tabletop exercise, help you get your incident response plan in place, you know, hire, hire a company that will give you a security score, um, you know, do, do some kind of uh, a scoring process on you. And, um, and the uptake of these benefits are, is, is very low, which is surprising to me. But I always like to kind of uh, make sure people know those those benefits are available. It helps the insurer, of course, but it helps the insured entity as well. And again, puts you in the best position to be a good insurable risk. You're making me think about underwriting more and more as you're talking in the process that I saw when I first started getting involved within cyber uh, cybersecurity insurance. And it was very... 
um, laissez-faire in a way. When I first was introduced to cybersecurity insurance was 2014-15, and it was out of Las Vegas, a company out of Las Vegas, and that really they were just giving giving cyber insurance um, to anybody that wanted it. So there really wasn't an underwriting process. And I remember they were trying to recruit me to get on board, and I was like, nobody's going to buy this. Um, but what what we've all seen now in this space is not only it's becoming more prevalent on the market, but the underwriting process is becoming more daunting in, in many ways because of this, the breaches that we're seeing and a, and a lot of the things that you were just talking about. So what I'm starting to see is that now cybersecurity, cybersecurity insurance companies are starting to work with these organizations and they're doing more than just scanning the network and they're making sure their their compliance is in line appropriately. So I'm curious, what do you foresee on cyber insurance companies and compliance organizations working together? Do you foresee that starting to be a thing more and more in the future as we start going down the path, like CMMC is being rolled out for any of the third-party vendors that want to work in DOD. And so compliance risk management, that's starting to become on the forefront to force the, the hands of these organizations to start con securing their infrastructure. Do you think that insurance companies are going to start working with those organizations and make it more of the more of their overall process for the for underwriting? You know, it's an interesting question, and um, it's funny. I get I get um, inquiries a lot from people. Like, well, they'll ping me on LinkedIn, and they'll say, "Hey, I have this great, you know, tool that all the insurers should hire us for, so that we can, you know, help them under, you know, understand the risk of a prospective insured." Uh, and so, there are a lot of these types of services that are out there. Um, now that we're in a harder market it might be easier to do that um, as, especially as we, we're getting more laws and regs around privacy and cyber in the U S which, which is making um, you know, the compliance issue more important. Uh, unfortunately, so many companies won't do something unless they have to. Um, oftentimes the first call I get around a new, a new regulation like, or law like CCPA is, you know, am I exempt from this? It's the first question people always ask. Uh, but, you know, one of the major stumbling blocks that I've seen over the years, and one of the reasons why the companies that just do the scanning of the dark web have been successful is people are a little bit apprehensive about letting any outsider, including an insurer, into their network. You know, that expression, opening the kimono, that type of thing um, that raises all kinds of issues around, um, you know, discoverability of reports and things, you know, things like that. So I think, you know, I have some ideas of how the industry might try to deal with it. You know, if you look at like the Virginia the, the new privacy law that's going to come into effect in Virginia on January 1, 2023, there is um, an exemption from discovery in that law for, you know, these types of security assessments that uh, they're requiring the, the regulated, the covered entities to do. I would love to see something like that in the insurance context where, you know, the, 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 the deep dive that benefits the insurance company and the insured on the front end doesn't become exhibit A in some, um, uh, uh, some legal brief someday. 
but you know that's that's really kind of um, uh, aspirational for right now. But yeah, I do think I do think the goal of having closer um, coordination among the companies that can really ascertain the level of compliance is really important for the insurance company if they're covering that risk. You know, you, you want to know. Now, on the on the compliance side, some insurers' regulatory coverage is more limited. Um, but a lot of carriers now offer coverage for any violation of any law that governs what you're using, how you're using information throughout the information lifecycle. And, and so we're talking collection use, um, storage, uh, selling, transferring, and the ultimate disposition of the information, and, um, and, and including now how long you're keeping it, even, even if nothing bad happens. Um, there's lots of liability if you never have a breach. This is what a lot of people still don't understand. And so a lot of the carriers are covering all of those exposures. So anything that would give them insights into the risk they're undertaking, especially as the, as the claims are getting bigger and the margins are getting tighter uh, in terms of profitability, would be um, a tremendous benefit. Yeah, Judy, I think that you are speaking my language every time you're here. Every time I hear controls, compliance, all of these things, I just have so many thoughts going on in my head. And what I what I'm really curious about, Judy, is is really what this, you know, just to tie it in this conversation, I know we're getting at time and it's a, it's a shame because I think that we could talk to you for hours on end about this topic. Um, but what I'm really wondering is what are the biggest if and I know this is a loaded question, so feel free to refine this to, you know, an example or whatever. But what is the biggest challenge that you're seeing when com companies are coming to you and asking, you know, hey, I need cyber liability insurance? What is the biggest pain point that you're that you're identifying for them? Well, there's there's several there's several things, and I had mentioned to you an ebook that I said I would give to you guys, and you could feel free to give it to any of your uh, listeners if they want. There's there's like five things that I see over and over again. Number one is people don't understand their own cyber and privacy risks. They don't they don't realize you know that their areas of risk that they have, you know, on the on the you know, compliance side or just something the way you're doing business or the data you're collecting or where you're, where you are located. Um, so you, people don't understand their own risks. Um, uh, number two is they don't always understand what insurance coverage they already have. Sometimes they'll find, um, uh, an endorsement to a, to a, a crime policy or, or a, a general liability policy that provides a little bit of cyber coverage. They don't know they have it. Uh, so you have to get kind of a handle on your on your insurance portfolio. But the, the probably the most challenging part is trying to get the right coverage to meet your unique risk profile. And that's where really understanding what any given insurance policy says, really reading it word for word um, is so important. I had a company I, I dealt with, uh, helped a few years ago. They were completely in the cloud, but they didn't realize that their policy only provided coverage if something bad happened on their network, not on the network of a third party that was ho hosting their data. And so it was, a, to say the least, it was a major it was a major hole in their coverage. And 
And the way that manifested in the policy was two words changed in on page 70 something of a 90 something page policy. So obviously, you know, you need a broker who is going to uh, understand this or bring in somebody who's going to read this policy um, in light of your risk profile. Another point is that a lot of times companies don't understand their, their own requirements under the policy. So you get your policy in place and they put it up on the shelf and they go, oh, thank God we're covered, you know, and then they're not thinking about it anymore. But there are requirements around um, how you give notice of an incident or a claim. If you have required panel professionals, you're required to use, you know, such as a, 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 a breach coach, a lawyer, um, certain forensic firms, notification companies, et cetera. Um, or do you need prior written consent before you spend any money, such as paying a ransom? You know, companies will just pay the ransom. They'll hire their brother-in-law, you know, the the computer guy or their brother, their other brother-in-law, the real estate lawyer to come in and then they deal with the situation. They think they deal with the situation, pay a ransom and then tender the claim to their carrier three weeks later. And that can create problems as well. And that's a crazy example. We don't see that as much anymore, but we have seen it. So, um, you know, knowing, knowing and operationalizing the requirements uh, on the insured, once the policy is issued, is really, really key. You don't want to jeopardize your own coverage. So those are the main issues that, that I see in the marketplace. And they're all fixable. They're all... Uh, uh, I don't know if I would say easy to deal with, but you, you know, once you're aware of them, you just have to devote a little bit of resources into, into looking at them and making sure you're getting and keeping the right coverage. Well, Judy, I wish we didn't have to come to an end because I know Eric and I have so many more questions around this topic. Um, I love that you're going to share your articles with us. We're so excited to be able to dig into those and learn a little bit more about the cybersecurity insurance space. I know our listeners are going to want to learn more about it and want to reach out to you. What would be the best way for them to reach you? Is that through LinkedIn or your personal website? Uh, LinkedIn is LinkedIn is probably best. Um, so yeah, feel free to feel free to connect or follow on LinkedIn. Awesome. Great, Judy. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on our show. We'll make sure to add all of your social information below so that the listeners can reach you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a great day. My, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks, Judy. Have a great Good. one. Bye. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hackers and Hackzen podcast with Erica, Jax, and John. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.